millions of individuals since the very beginning of time have made the ultimate sacrifice for this inanimate object. Millions have perished, have died, have gone down as great martyrs and heroes, all for the sake, to represent, to give it all up for this colored piece of nylon cloth. I mean, to give up one's life for the sake of the flag, to go out to war, to be a soldier to represent the red, white, and blue. There's something about a flag. It just unites people. It's what represents a country, an army. Who can't clearly depict in their mind's eye the colors and the flag of Ukraine and how much people have given up for that flag? At peace rallies, when you're trying to get your point across, or when any statement is made in Eretz Yisrael, you'll definitely see that blue and that white Star of David flag of Israel. Flags are very, very interesting. Scour the United States of America, and you'll probably find thousands, literally thousands of historical monuments that incorporate Betsy Ross's classic stars and stripes. And you can bet your bottom dollar that this idea is borrowed from our Parsha, Parsha's Bamidbar. The Parsha explains the clear happenings of how the Jewish people would travel from place to place in the Midbar in the desert. How the trumpets would sound after Hashem's cloud ascended from on top of the Ohel Moed. Yehuda would be the first one to follow the cloud. All of the different tribes and Shivatim with their banners, with their flags held high, waving in the sky, all moving together in perfect organized symmetry. A well-oiled machine, all one tightly wound system. Aklal Yisrael. And there's a special commandment, a posuk, ish al digloi. There must be flags. Not only that, Rashi takes the time to explain what these flags looked like. Kol degel yihiela os Each flag of each tribe had a certain color. And it had a certain sign, insignia, a logo of an animal or some other item. And through this, each individual could recognize his own flag. It really makes you wonder, what is so special about these flags? Why have millions given up their life for a color, for a cloth? And why do the Jewish people and every single tribe need to have this flag with certain items depicted on it, with colors? What is the significance? And let's make matters worse before we make them better. Things become even more complexing when you keep your eyes out and do some research about the topic of flags. In Shir Hashirim, in the fifth chapter, the words Dugul Mir Vava are stated, and the Medrash explains all about how the Jewish people, when they were standing at the foot of Har Sinai, receiving the Torah, saw the Malachi Hashores, saw angels flying around with flags in their hand, holding on to these 
color-coded blankets of sorts, and they were jealous of the angels. They complained to Hashem, we want Degolim. Now, what's going on here? Why are they jealous at this very auspicious, certainly sacred moment of their lives? Why are they thinking about flags? Why is it even crossing their mind? And Bilaam, let's fast forward a bit here. When he shows up on the scene and looks down at the Jewish people, Vayisa Bilaam, as Enav Bilaam raised his eyes, Vayaris Israel, and he saw the Jewish people, and the Medrash explains that he saw, and what gave him a bit of a scare is Elu Hadigolim. He saw the Jewish people, and he saw their flags. What are we missing here? What do these Digolim represent? What? Special, unique insight. Can we take, and why have millions died for the flag? The answer to why Digolim, the flags are important, makes us rich, it makes us wealthy, and it helps us to understand why we're on Hashem's beautiful earth in the first place. The Degolim are there. The flags represent Kedei Sheyihiyu Nikarin. So that there should be, at times of uncertainty, that a mensch can look up and see his flag, and right away, he will recognize and he will be bumped back into the proper thinking of understanding who he is, what his job is, and what team he plays for. That a person should look up at a time of uncertainty, not sure what to do or what his role is, in a dark moment and say, ah, that's my flag, that's my community. A flag unites. A degel builds camaraderie. A flag represents an idea, it groups together many individuals all coming together to take up arms and fight for a cause. A flag builds a community. A degel represents an army, a country. A degel, in one word, is our atzmius. It's who you are. It's who I am. It's our real insides. A degel equals Atzmius. It's what you stand for. It's everything. Now, I'm sure you've seen some of the depictions of these flags. Who doesn't know of Yehuda's flag with a mighty lion on it? How Yehuda, the first one to leave as the leader of the Jewish people when Hashem's cloud began to depart and go on to the next location, the lion, obviously representing leadership, should a Yehudaite, become a little bit wary, kind of want to lollygag behind. He looks up and he sees the lion. He sees the colors of the flag. We know of the famous partnership between the tribe of Yesachar and Zavulun. How Zavulun was a big business mogul, a tycoon, who owned millions of dollars at a port, building his shipping franchises all over the country, across the world, all to support and pay so that the scholars of Yisachar shall sit, shall learn, shall study, shall plumb the depths of Hashem's wisdom to know the answers to all the halachic inquiries and questions. What should happen on a day that Zavulun is wary of his business? He feels like he's missing out on the spiritual world and wants to go learn. If he closes his port and he loses his atmius, then nothing can continue. 
He looks up and he says, ah, I understand my role. I understand what I must do here. I got to go to work. And the same way the Yisachar man, if the Koilo guy should say, you know, I need to go be a part of the business. Well, then the whole system falls apart because that's why Zavulun is working so that someone else can know the answers to all these different tough halachic questions. You look up and when you see your sign, it's recognized, it's an immediate reality check. Think of all the different shvatim, the lion, the donkey, the viper. It represents something. It's the atmius of that tribe. Where do you imagine that the sports teams got this idea to put a logo on the helmet, to run out of the locker room onto the field and to touch a turtle as they're represented by their mascot or their tiger or their chief or their eagle. And you're crazy if you don't believe that people have literally caused physical and monetary damage to each other fighting over pinstripes and red socks. The flag is our eye. It's our essence. It's our battle cry. It's what we wave mightily in life that represents our everything. So why were the Jewish people jealous of the angels as they were flying around at Har Sinai holding flags? Well, don't you know that Michael can't do Gavriel's job and Gavriel can't do Raphael's job? One to heal, one to turn over Sodom, one to go ahead and be Mavakar Cholim. Every single angel, one job at one time, and that was something that the Jewish people coveted. As they're about to take on this big responsibility of the Torah, we want a team logo. We want a flag. We want to be able to rely on the fact that we will be able to look up and see our Degel. We want that reassurance like the angels have. Modern society and Western civilization has seemingly declared total all-out war against this basic human principle of our atmios. The idea, the preposterous notion that someone could represent as something other than themselves has no basis in any sort of seichel, any intelligence. What they don't understand is that what makes a person rich, what makes a man wealthy, is the fact that he only has one fingerprint, that he's rare and there's no one else like him. If you lose your atmius, you represent as something else, then you've given up your most precious commodity. You've given up your eye. I ask you, why were the Jewish people eventually redeemed from Mitzrayim, from Egypt? What was their last hope? The Medrash tells us that because of four things did they merit redemption. Because they did not change their names, because they did not change their language, because they did not change their wisdom, their knowledge, and they did not change their clothing. Does that not scream out to you that we were still nicker, that we still represented the flag, that we still wore the logos on our helmets proudly so that when Moshe Rabbeinu showed up, it was still recognizable that the Jewish people were here and now they were fit to be redeemed? And the Groh, the Vilnagon, actually says that in order for a nation to merit redemption, in order for Mashiach to come, we must have these milos. We must be nicker. We must be recognizable. We, it sounds like, should, shall, need, must protect. 
the way we think, the way we dress, our language, and our names. It's what is our Jewish eye. I want to give a little bit of an explanation, perhaps, of why it has to be this way, why Geula, redemption, needs Kedeshi and Nikar, and why it needs that we should be recognizable. I was just studying the Kisvei HaRambam, the Arch Girl's new Safer that they put out, a beautiful Safer, really helping out the reader to get some clarity in the Rambam's more esoteric works, and especially his introduction to Perak Chelek, which goes into all of the different matters of life and death, and Gan Eden, paradise, purgatory, hell, and the days of Mashiach. And there, the Rambam says that it makes sense to me that the days of Messiah will be very, very great. It might be thousands of years, the Yemais HaMoshiach. Why? Because it is the nature of wise people, of like-minded fellows, that when they finally meet up, that they schmooze for a long time. They've met a like-minded person, and the conversation, it flows naturally and continues to grow and to grow and to build, and it can be a long, long time before they stop talking. And the Rambam says that when Mashiach comes, he's going to find people that are like him. Ruach Eitzah Ugevur, Ruach Tasvir Shemaim, Ruach Hashem. He's going to find people that are with the knowledge of Hashem, that they live with a sense of strength, with a sense of divine intervention, that they live with the same values of Mashiach. So he'll show up and he'll say, let's hang out for a bit. Let's enjoy the days of Mashiach. But what will happen? Maybe this is what the Vilna Gon meant. If Mashiach should arrive, it should be soon in our days, but he doesn't even recognize us. What if he already showed up, but he's looking around for the Jewish people that they should at least be noticeable? What if he's standing right outside of your home, but yet he doesn't see a Jewish community, God forbid? The importance of of our eye, our atmias cannot be overstated. All wisdom truly starts, said Aristotle, the great wise philosopher, that all wisdom starts with a knowledge of self. When you know your atmias, when you get in touch with your panemius, what your eye is. Try maybe this exercise. Try this on for size. If you want to discover what your eye is, where you are currently holding, why not make a sports team? Imagine a sports team that represents you. What type of logo would you put on the helmet? Where'd you build the stadium? What color would your team colors be? All of those different nuances in your team will tell you a lot about how you represent what you are, what you stand for, what your milos, your positive attributes are, and your chesronos, your shortcomings. Imagine you're starting your own country a country named after you, and you now are sitting down to make a flag. What would the flag of your country look like? It's imperative that we understand what we are, what that unique fingerprint down on your finger represents. And Rav Yeruchim, in a famous line, he said it in a way that no one else can. The great Miriam Ashkiach said that, woe unto a person. Nebuch unto a mensch that doesn't understand his shortcomings. because He doesn't know where to put the effort in, where to rectify himself. But doubly woe, but doubly nebuch and shrekluch is a person that doesn't understand his milos, what he is superb at. 
for he doesn't know his gifts. He doesn't know what makes him unique. And he doesn't know what he's here for. And as an example, Rav Chaim Kanievsky, when he was a young Koilo guy, he was whipping through pages and pages of Gemara, chewing them over, really getting through Masechta after Masechta, moving with great pace in his learning. And his father, the stipler, went to the Chazanish and asked him, the general way that we learn is a bit slower and we get into more topics on the page, more of the commentary. My son, Chaim, is learning very quickly. Should I get involved and try to direct him more towards Eun, in-depth learning? And it was pretty good advice. The Chazanish said, no, don't mess with Reb Chaim's learning style. It was unique what Reb Chaim had. If I may suggest that if Reb Chaim never continued his pace in learning, the way that he would finish all of Tyra every single year, there's countless svarim that we rely on now from Reb Chaim as he was the first to ever write in-depth svarim on certain parts of the Tyra. He's the master, he's the bucky, the malamed in the laws of Zeroim in agriculture. What would happen if he didn't maximize and protect his atzmius, his eye, his zich, his essence? And there isn't a more widely accepted musr safer in the world. Maybe safer at that in the world than Ramchal's Masilas Yasharim. You walk into a Hasidish Yashtibel, there's going to be a Masilas Yasharim there and probably people learning from it. You hear schmoozing from it, from Litvish, from people out of town, in town, it doesn't matter. Even Zohar-learning Kabbalistic scholars will learn Mesilas Yesharim. And that opening thesis statement, that opening line of Rabbi Chal's first chapter in his magnum opus, Mesilas Yesharim reads, Yesoyed ha-chasidus v'shoyresh ho-avoyed ha-tamima v'shizboyer v'yisamet eitzelahodam A person needs to have total clarity in ma-chuvaso ba'olamo what is your job in the world? Now, how can we expect to get that objective accomplished if we don't understand and recognize recognize our I, our atzmias? It's truly not even that hard to figure out what you're good at and what you're not so good at. Really, if you want to understand the small and really large idiosyncrasies within yourself, Turn the lights off for 60 seconds. Lie on the bed and think about it. What am I good at? What can I do better than everyone else? What do I enjoy learning about? How do I think best? Who do I connect to? What speaks to me? You'll figure out who you are very, very quickly. And because of how precious our flag is, our internal Etzem, our atzmius, and the ability that we have to slap it on a flag to help us stay the course. Conversely, you imagine how strong the Yetzirah fights to destroy this in ours. You ever think about it? When you walk into Shul and you start to daven, you immediately begin to shuckle. Why do you shuckle? Yes, I know that kolatz moisai taimarna, it says in Psalms that I serve you with all of my body, and I believe the Mishnah Burah speaks of the moving of the body while you're praying, but Maybe it's because 
just everyone's chuckling. And we're so affected and things get into our body and always are eradicating and trying to erode our panemius and our etem so strongly. So we just chuckle with everyone else. Our atzmius in a weird way is wilting away. And it's horrid and hellacious because our atzmius is our everything. Those flags represented each tribe's essence. It was everything. It was what they represented. It's what they were on Hashem's beautiful planet for. It's what every single tribe's objective was in life. That's what the flag represents. So that you should recognize your role. So that you should see your essence. So that you should understand your I. That's why people live For the red, white, and blue. It's why they fly their Star of David blue and white at rallies. It's why millions have died for this piece of colored nylon. I encourage you to wave your flag. I encourage you to see a piece of cloth to help you remind yourself what you represent, what your zich, your eye is. Because that degel, that flag is your atmius, is your eye, it is one's entire existence.